Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. What is up there, hikers? This is Andy here. I'm a new hiker. I started hiking 18 months ago, and I started this podcast, The Hiker Podcast, to get to know hikers, to get to know the hiker behind the trekking pole, to get to know and demystify what hiking is, whether you're a day hiker, a backpacker, a section hiker, a through hiker, a peak bagger, whatever it is, if you love hiking, this is the podcast for you. I talk to hikers. I want to find out what inspires them to hike. I want to find out how hiking has changed them and how they now are in turn changing the world around them. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to know more about the Hiker Podcast, go to hikerpodcast.com where all of our links are there, social media. You can follow me on Instagram, Andy, at Andy Films and Hikes on Instagram. That'd be great. I'd appreciate it. Also go to hikerpodcast.com for the Hiker Podcast Instagram. All that fun stuff. Getting into the winter months here, it's getting cold outside, at least if you're in the northern hemisphere, if you're in the southern hemisphere listening to our listeners in New Zealand, Australia, uh, southern parts of Africa, which we do have listeners there. Uh, It's warming up for you right now, so awesome, great. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, though. Uh, Thank you for those of you who have, I can't talk today, thank you, those of you who have left Apple Podcast Reviews. It's a great way to help the podcast. If you'd like to leave an Apple Podcast Review, go to hikerpodcast.com. Click on the Apple Podcast link, and if you have an Apple account, which most of us probably do, leave a five-star review, written review. Leave some, some words. That'd be great. So, awesome. Thank you so much. Also, make sure you share this podcast with your friends and all that jazz. We're going to get right into this week's episode with Luke Pearsall. Many of you may know him for Tuesdays at 2 on Instagram. He is a photographer, creative, former Hollywood insider he's just an awesome guy and i had a chance to sit down to talk with luke and not just talk about hiking but talk about the outdoors and the entertainment industry and film and how all those intersect and how they've intersected in his life and how hiking has changed him it was an amazing conversation many of you may know from listening to prior episodes i graduated film school about a year and a half ago i left my old career and got into the film industry and then discovered hiking and so i am i'm looking to now get into the outdoor film industry here in Southern Oregon, make documentaries, all that fun stuff. So it was an amazing conversation. I learned a lot. It was just very insightful. So without any further ado, the one, the only, Luke Pearsall. Since getting into the outdoor world and the hiking world, I have met a lot of kindred spirits in that it seems to me that A lot of fellow hikers and outdoors people also are involved in the entertainment industry and and documentarians and photography and creative. And our next guest, many, many of you know him um, from his Tuesdays at two with the legend himself, Jeff Garmeyer, and from Instagram and from his photography. We have the one, the only Luke Pearsall on the show this week. How are you doing today, Luke? Hey, Andy. uh, I'm doing great, man. It's good to be here. Finally. Yeah, he was so patient with me. Uh, but here in Oregon, we're going on new COVID lockdowns, and we had this scheduled earlier this week, and then 
lockdowns are about to take place. So I had a client call me like, Hey, can we do the shoot this way? So we had to move everything around and thank you Luke so much for being patient with me. Uh, knowing that you're also in that same profession, you know, the hustle sometimes when a client says, and they're paying you thousands of dollars, you're like, okay, I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta drop and do the paying jobs first. That's for sure. So tell us about yourself. You have a unique story getting into hiking. Uh, not the usual. I was in college trying to find myself, went on a through hike and fell in love with hiking. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, but that, you don't have the usual story about getting in to the outdoor scene and into hiking. So tell us who you are, where you come from and just a little bit of background. We'll go from there. Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in New Jersey and I had parents that like loved hiking and backpacking and things like that. They actually went on their honeymoon in the North Cascades when they first got married. So it, I was kind of born into a little bit of a backpacking family. Um, and, you know, when you're growing up as a kid, I had two siblings. You don't get to do that as much as a family would probably like to do. Um, but I had, you know, growing up, had a few experiences with my parents where I got to go backpacking. And what that did was like, it really made me like fall in love with the idea of just even just camping and being outside. And like, I loved all the gadgets and tools and just, you know, from the time I was really young, uh, all I wanted to do was like go to uh, what is like New Jersey's um, REI type store called Campmore. Um, like I saved up all my money to get a zero degree down sleeping bag when I was probably 13 years old, um, things like that. But, you know, really like I grew up, I played sports, did that whole thing. The outdoors wasn't part of my life, you know, teenage years, even into college, but I always was very attracted to, uh, the idea of maybe someday working in the outdoors, um, I remember as a kid, though, my mom told me that um, being, I, I always wanted to be a, a park ranger, actually. And my mom told me that she read in an article that being a park ranger was as close to being a volunteer for the government as you could be. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should rethink that. But um, I, I think that what happened to me was I, I chanced sort of into this career in uh, television and film. Um, after college, I got a degree in photography uh, at the Rochester Institute of Technology. And after that, I moved to Hawaii and I just like needed a job and I was hustling and I was assisting for other photographers, um, things like that. And I got a job on the television show Lost and it was their very first, they were shooting a pilot on Oahu. Um, and I called them up every single day until they hired me as a PA. And then I, I, it stuck. And then I had this career that started in television and film. Um, that eventually led to me moving to LA after doing 32 or 33 episodes of Lost, um, get involved in the, you know, the television film industry out there. Um, I do all my days to get into the Directors Guild of America. And then I'm kind of burnt out on it, to be honest with you. Um, and my first love has always been the photo side of things, although that's sort of changed over the years. And I started photographing, um, like LA models. This is like at the beginning of Instagram. And so LA was kind of a place where all these, um, uh, unconventional models, I would say like were 
becoming popular. So my Instagram account exploded because I was photographing them. Um, shortly after like kind of that explosion, I just realized that I wasn't happy, you know, creating that kind of work and that my true love was always in the outdoors and, and particularly like backpacking and hiking. Um, and I read this book when I was younger um, called The Pilgrimage by Paulo Coelho. Um, and it was about the Camino de Santiago, which is the, you know, kind of through hike across Spain, northern, northern Spain. Um, and I was kind of at a point where I was burnt out and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And within a six week period, I decided to do it, packed up my stuff and headed to Spain. Um, and I spent, you know, the better part of six, five, five and a half, six weeks uh, doing that first hike. And it like absolutely changed my life. You know, like I fell more in love with the idea of this sort of long distance hiking thing than uh, I had ever been before. And so as, as life sort of goes, I finished that great adventure, went back to LA, realized I had to make money. You can't hike forever. Uh, continued to do some photo work, things like that. Uh, but then I decided that it was like I needed to make a big move because I wanted so badly for the outdoor industry to be part of my industry as a, as a creator. So I felt like at the time that after 11 and a half years in LA, I needed to make a big move so I could have more access to the places that I deemed, you know, uh, adventurous places with like-minded people. And that's how I ended up in Denver. Um, and after four years in Denver, I decided it was time for me to earn my stripes. You know, I do a lot of gear reviewing. I talk a lot about ultralight backpacking and backpacking in general. And I really wanted to do a long trail. And I have many friends that I've made um, in that long distance hiking world. And it just seemed like a Pacific Crest Trail was going to be it for me. Um, unfortunately, COVID hit and about... 30 days before I was supposed to start, I had to cancel my flight and um, make the responsible decision to not hike. Um, but, you know, everything sort of ended out, ended the way it should have been because as things started to get a little bit better in June, I, being a Colorado guy, was able to squeeze in uh, a Colorado trail through hike this summer. And it was really, you know, an experience that A, I think gets you ready for something bigger um, in the in the overall scheme of things. And B, like really kind of uh kind of taught me what I'm made of. And and for that experience in this complicated time right now, I'm really grateful. So in a nutshell, that's the past 15, 16 years of my life. <laughs> So there Colorado and you know LA Hollywood Burbank couldn't be more diametrically different. I mean there is hiking and outdoors in Southern California. You don't have to go far. But how did you almost rectify that in your mind of being in Los Angeles, being in basically, you know, the 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 center of urban sprawl, you know, industry and then falling in love with the outdoors how long did that take before you were like i just 
I can't deal being around so many people and being around so much just I don't want to say capitalism, but just, you know, it's very much right. I, I've, I've done a lot of work in L.A. and it's very much dog eat dog sometimes. It's very much people are. I mean, my experience has been people are they, they they get to know you because they want something from you. Whereas I found in the outdoor world, it's very different. How what, what was that process of moving from L.A. to Colorado like um, mentally? I think it was it was mentally like a huge relief for me. Um, and, and I wouldn't say that I didn't meet anyone in the decade plus that I lived in uh, Los Angeles that weren't amazing people because I made some really great work relationships and some really incredible friendships during that time. But really, um, it, it, like you said, in, in L.A., everybody wants to know um, what you do who you do it for, how they can be part of it. And, and basically like, you know, what you can do for them. Um, and what I found transitioning to the outdoor world is that, that most of the people in the outdoor industry are like so warm and so welcoming because I think the community itself uh, thrives on uh, togetherness, you know, like you have like-minded activities and no one's trying to step on anyone else for the most part. Um, and it, it's just been an incredible transition, really. Um, although, like I would say, with the transition uh, also came, you know, relearning the market of the outdoor industry um, from a creative standpoint. I think that a lot of the brands, even though it's a, it's a robust industry, don't have the kind of money for uh, creative professionals and, and marketing that some of the other yes, yes. industries do have. So. You know, I, I personally, in order to like work in the industry that I love, had taken a, you know, a bit of a, not a bit of a pay hit, but it's just an adaptation. I had to adapt my business um, rather than getting like these big jobs for AT&T or Samsung or whatever, you know, you're kind of hustling again. It, it reminds me a little bit more of when I first started my career. So you become at least online on, on, on Instagram, um, a lot of hikers know you, they know who you are. How, be, having been involved in the outdoor industry in the past few years, it's definitely kind of blown up. Uh, I know when you talk to people at the PCTA, which is the Pacific Crest Trail Association, several years ago, they would tell you the movie Wild is what was driving people to yeah. the trail. Now they're saying it's YouTube and Instagram, I, which I could wouldn't. be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. Um, but how is creatives and you know video and photos moving into the outdoor industry a good thing and how can it improve and how is it maybe not the best thing i think that's a really good question actually and i've been thinking about it a lot in the past week um because you know with covid and everything and this may be a little bit of like a, a sidestep but with covid um i've noticed particularly having like a foot still in the social media world of Los Angeles, where there was a lot of influencers there that I knew and things like that. There's many people who never spent time in the outdoors that are now flocking um, to the outdoors and, yes, and yes. probably without the right amount of education they need to recreate responsibly in the outdoors. Yes. Um, and a lot of them are doing it as creators to create content for their YouTube or their Instagram because they don't have the option to, you know, be in the cities doing the things that they would normally do. 
Um, and in that sense, I think that although it's great that more people are experiencing the outdoors, I think it's really, um, there really needs to be some education on how these, these newcomers, welcomed newcomers, uh, need to responsibly recreate. Like there's, there's been instances even that I've seen where, you know, people might overfill a trash can and, and not just take their trash with them to dispose of somewhere else. They'll just pile it up at a trailhead, you know, it's someone else's problem. And that's just, you know, kind of the beginning of it. But uh, to a city person, trash isn't a problem. You know, they will pile it up on the trash can and someone from the city will eventually come and pick it up. But it, it doesn't work that way in a lot of the parks and recreation areas, you know. Um, and even just learning about leave no trace for people is kind of a foreign idea. Um, so there's that part of it. Um, I don't know if that even answers your question. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I've definitely seen the same thing. I haven't shared this example up here in Oregon, um, up in the Umpqua National Forest, there's this area, this road that has like 10 waterfalls and you, and you drive by. And one that one time I was doing a bunch of with my son, you'd hike a mile or two in this waterfall on the Umpqua River. And then, you know, you hang out and hike back. And I remember, and I, I noticed what you're talking about, uh, almost a commodification of the outdoors is I went, yeah. I went out, we saw this hike, we saw this person with a professional photographer, with a, not professional, they, you know, they had a, you know, a Canon 6D on them, the decent lens sure. and, and this person who's definitely dressed, you know, like, okay, so this person might be an Instagram model or something. Yeah, yeah. And we, they're leaving, and then we go hike, and then we go to the next one, and they, we we go, we hike in, and then they come in behind us, they go and take three pictures, and they leave. And it's almost like yep. they're just commodifying. Like, they want to – I got my picture out here in the outdoors. Look at me. I'm in Oregon. I'm I'm at this waterfall. It's so beautiful. And not that getting pictures, and that, that's a bad thing, but there seems to be – Especially with COVID, I, I like that you said that this idea of I want to look good in the outdoors because that's what we're supposed to be doing. Right. How do how do we resist the commodification of the outdoors, especially when Hollywood's looking Hollywood and you know the Instagram is looking for content. They're looking for things right now because there's so much we can't do. How do we resist that temptation to just make it a pretty picture? Uh, man, I, I I wish I had the answer for that because it would solve a lot of the uh, questions that I have in my own head right now about, you know, wanting to be welcoming to all these people that are for the first time enjoying the outdoors. Exactly. Exactly. But at the same time being like, man, you're ruining my playground, you know? And I feel guilty about feeling that way sometimes being like, Hey, you don't know how to do this. Like I've spent my whole life loving this. I just patted my chest as I was saying that passionately, <laughs> but like <laughs> I spent my whole life loving these places and caring for them. And, and now there's just people that want to put a felt hat on and the you know yes, latest yes, style yes. and stand on a vista and take a picture as the sun sets and leave, you know, while they trample cryptobiotic soil. Yes. Oh, yeah. So like I'm as much as I want to be welcoming to that class of a new class of outdoor recreators, like it's very hard for me to not feel some degree of frustration about it as well. <laughs> And I, I totally feel you on that because I've, I've only gotten the outdoors the past, it's been a year and a half now. So I want to be as welcoming. I, I love the fact that people are in the outdoors and they're going out there and they're enjoying it. But I've begun to see like when I go someplace and I'm on Instagram, I'm like, I'm not going to tag my location because not many people know about this. And I have 
locally where I live, I've noticed, and this is not to my own home. I've just actually noticed this when I go on a certain hike, I'll tag the place. I'll see a lot of the locals all of a sudden the next week go there. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have a responsibility in my town and sure. Medford, Ashland, Southern Oregon to, cause people are following me for hikes and like, I need to make sure I'm doing this responsibly. Um, yeah. It's kind of important. <laughs> yeah. So as, as, a, as a creator, as a photographer, how do you do that responsibly? Because you, you're much of what you do is, you know, displaying the outdoors to people through, through video and through, through right. photography. Um, and you want to show the beauty and awe inspiring nature of it, but at the same time, you don't want to exploit it. So wh- what do you do in, in your own life to try to find that balance? It's probably a, just really a tension, but what does that look like for you? For, for me, like there is, in terms of so i'll start with maybe the the topic of like geotagging i think that it's very smart that people aren't geotagging the specific locations of where they're going um me i'll geotag things but on a broader sense like it'll say denver colorado like if someone wants to search around denver and have an adventure trying to find that place like good luck you know or if, if i'm in the grand canyon the grand canyon is probably one of the most recognizable places on the planet in a picture like yeah if you want to go just try to figure out where it was in the Grand Canyon, go figure it out. I'm not going to put exactly where I was for you. But, um, you know, I think that it, it, geotagging, leaving your leaving your tags off of it is is a responsible thing to do and, and kind of falls in place with leave no trace um, principles. You know, for me, I do enjoy sharing where I went, you know, but maybe on a broader sense. You know, sometimes I'll just put like it's Arizona. So if you want to find out where the wave is in Arizona, go find out where the wave is, you know, do a little research. That's part of the fun of exploring the outdoors is finding things. Like everyone talks about exploring the outdoors and the adventure. Like I've found most of these places over the years, you know, just through like driving around. I almost never look at geotags at anyone uh, has ever posted if I know I'm going to a place even. I just want to have my own experience there. I want to go to a place that someone has already photographed and make the exact same photo of theirs. Yes, yes. You know, it's like, oh, that's the spot you go to um, at the Grand Canyon and you stand there at, you know, sort of this time of day and then you get that photo for your grand. I, I, I don't dig that. But, uh, yes. You know, it's kind of funny because Legend and I just did a hike for his birthday there um, with his girlfriend Maggie and, and his folks. And as we were joking about it, because as we were um, coming up out of the canyon, when we got within a manageable distance of the rim where you go down from, Mm -hmm. we were like, oh, you can tell we're getting close to the end because the Instagram models only come down this far. (laughs) Like the clothes are like, they're not real hiker trash. They're not real hikers. they, They have their felt hat on and like, you know, they're probably carrying an extra pair of boots in their bag. And then, you know, they go down like the first set of switchbacks, which is about enough for anybody, really. And, uh, you know, take their photo at, I think it's called like Uwa Point, and then just hike back up. They don't really experience it. They just went for the picture. But you could tell. You could definitely tell. I experienced the exact same thing uh, living around Crater Lake National Park. It's, oh, yeah. You get that picture of Wizard Island there, maybe a little down, maybe go up a little bit, you know, along along the trail around the rim. But it's like, no, you didn't hike all the way around that thing. Like, I, you oh, didn't no. hike down to it. 
No, not that it's bad, but it's it, people trying to make a pretty picture and not, you know, really appreciating what the outdoors has to offer and how it can really change you, which I, I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, you, you've really amassed a, I don't want to say hiker celebrities, but there, there's this group of people online that a lot of people follow like legend and others that you've really become close to. And, you know, you and you and Jeff do this, uh, this Tuesday at two, um, Instagram, you know, show which everyone in the hiking community seems to be loving. Talk a little bit about the hiking community and how you got involved with, with that and other through hikers and, and people in, in that community. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of interesting. It, it still to this day kind of confuses me why I have these incredible, like incredibly accomplished hiking friends. Um, but I think it's kind of just like anything else. When you're very interested in, in something, you seek out the people who are the best at it. And I think there's an approach to um, maybe establishing a friendship or a relationship or an online conversation with someone that I sort of have learned over the years, like working in television and film, that's like, hey, I, I appreciate you and I, I respect like so much what you've done. Um, I just want you to know that, you know, that's how most of these friendships started. Um, and, and also like, I think to a certain degree, I would be kidding myself if I didn't, if I didn't kind of acknowledge the fact that when you have a big audience to begin with, um, people are more apt to respond to you when you send them a message, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, but that's just the foot in the door. Then you just got to be a good person and get to know people. Um, but you know, a lot of last year at the outdoor retailer, um, the outdoor retailer show in Denver, I was working or I was kind of visiting the show with garage grown gear, which is like a great, uh, cottage industry company. Uh, and they introduced me to prodigy. And I, I like really like was in awe of the things he's done. Do you, do you know who prodigy is? Oh, he's been on the show. He helped okay. me. Sawyer was a sponsor for a while. Yeah. Prodigy is amazing. Yeah. He, he, suge he suggested I talk to you. So him and Jeff were like, okay. you need to talk to Luke. Yeah. I mean, prodigy is like an incredible human on, on all levels, but you know, spending a little time with him there, I was like, Hey, I want to do the P I'm, I'm planning on doing the PCT what do you think about like maybe giving me some time tomorrow and coming over and doing this like YouTube video with me doing a pack shakedown. And he did it. He gave me his time and his knowledge and it was really cool. Um, I don't do a ton of YouTube stuff, but I think that will be changing here in the, in the forecast. But um, I put it, I put a comment on your YouTube, one of your YouTube videos yeah, yesterday yeah. saying uh, we need more of your stuff. Cause it's really good. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. I mean, it's all like sort of a learning curve because, like you probably know when you're used to working with like crews who do everything and then all of a sudden you're doing everything and then you have to kind of script out your YouTube video. It seems like kind of a challenge and there's a bit of a learning curve, you know, like I'm sure doing a podcast was for you. Absolutely. So you, you you've made a lot of, a lot of friends and, and acquaintances in the outdoor world. You've got guys like Jeff and prodigy and rabbit yeah. who you, you describe them as your, to me as your, your Mount Rushmore of hiking, which I thought was yeah. absolutely amazing. Is there anybody out there who you, you'd like to, you'd like to meet and get to know that you haven't yet. Just kind of put it out there on the podcast now, man. There's, I mean, there's a lot of people who I just like know 
through Instagram and stuff like that, who I haven't spent a lot of time uh, personally with, like I, I follow these people and, and maybe once in a while we'll send a message to each other and chat. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of people. I mean, I've, I've met like Andrew Glenn before. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he connected the CDT to the GDT in 2019. He was also on the show with Prodigy. Yeah. Peanut. Okay. <laughs> cool. So yeah, like I've, I've met him and spent like a little time with him, but like he is a kind and generous human as well. I just like meeting people that are, that do kind of incredible things and are so humble like he is, you know, same with Prodigy, same with Jeff. Um, it's also funny that I've, I've gotten to know legend so well that like i call him jeff and people are like who's jeff you know but most of the world knows him as legend so talk about that relationship a little bit because you have you two are seem to be pretty close you have this show that the instagram hiking yeah. community loves how did the, how the tuesdays at two is what you call it right yeah tuesdays how, how, how did that happen <laughs> well i mean my I would consider legend a very close friend of mine now. And that has only happened in like the past five months or so. Um, we connected during quarantine, really. Like I saw that he had liked a couple pictures of mine or, or commented on something or maybe vice, vice versa. But uh, we started chatting because there was nothing to do. You know, we became kind of friendly over that time. And when I hiked the Colorado trail this summer in, you know, July, and there was moments where, you know, I'd be on Instagram or something. He'd always like leave a message or, or a positive comments or. Nicest you know, guy in the outdoor industry. Like no joke. He sent my kids books. Like he's the nicest guy. Yeah. He, he's really an incredible human and a really good friend. And, and, you know, like when you get to a certain age in your life, you really don't think you're going to be make very many new good friends in your life. But after having spent some time getting to know him, uh, like I really feel like that's a definite thing that will, you know, he'll be part of my life for a very long time. Um, but really our friendship kind of like solidified at the end of his, um, his FKT of the Colorado trail. I had gotten in touch with his girlfriend who was running his Instagram account at the time, Maggie. And I said, Maggie, uh, you know, I know Jeff a little bit from being on online here. We've talked through my Colorado trail. I would like to, be there at the end like not as like you know I, I just want to see him finish you know and be there to support and jeff was kind enough to allow like me and three other people to be there out of all the people that asked um and i saw him finish that fkt and he you know i stood in the background let him give all his hugs to all the appropriate people and the film crew that was you know filming the show and then that night him and i sort of uh, sat in that park where he finished and he was eating fried chicken, uh, just joking around. Like we just hit it off as, as friends and, you know, it's been pretty much daily conversations with him since that point. Um, which is kind of incredible. You know, it's, it's cool to make a friend like that. It really is. And if you all listening, don't, don't, um, take, you know, take the time to listen to uh Tuesdays at two, uh, yeah. with, uh, with, with, with legend of Luke, I would highly encourage you to do it. It's hilarious. It's fun. Uh, they answer questions They give, you guys give away stuff. So we give away a lot of stuff. We don't, we don't really make any money off the show, but we give a lot away, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, Jeff's like, you know, we, that whole thing, the Tuesday at two thing started because we were talking so much on the phone 
about like business stuff and the outdoor industry and how we could work together and this and that. And I was like, how about we just go live on Instagram? It was two o'clock on a Tuesday. <laughs> and we were like, let's just go live on our phone call and just talk to each other on this phone call. And it was fun and funny and people responded to it. And, you know, you know, Darwin is our intern now. <laughs> Work, he works hard. He's, you know, he's doing a Dar- good job. Darwin, email me back. I want you on the show. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, he is busy with us, so. He is busy. You know, mainly with Tuesday at two work, but. No, he, he, Darwin's an incredible guy too. And, and like Jeff, we, uh, we met through Instagram during quarantine basically. And we just kind of became this weird misfit group of all us, you know, strange hiker people that are, uh, enjoy each other's company. <laughs> so you were in Hollywood for a long time. I'm looking yeah. at your IMDb, IMDb page. You are a production assistant PA. I mean, you were all lost. Uh, you probably had coffee with JJ Abrams. I don't know. Probably not. Maybe you did. Um, I've, I've, I've gotten JJ coffee. Oh, sure. got <laughs> uh, one of my first jobs is getting coffee for people. Yeah. No shame in that. Um, oh man. I mean, it's how, it's how you learn. You got to start somewhere. Exactly. Um, but this is almost selfish, but you know, my, my story is I, I left my old career. I got into the, I wanted to get into the, uh, the film and television industry Right now, I'm working for a production company that's gonna that's pitching a reality show to HGTV, and we're we're getting ready to go into production here as soon as COVID's over. Um, but my love, I, while while doing that, I went to film school here at Southern Oregon University uh, because, right. you know, being a 35 year old with much 20 year olds was a good idea. But it was fun. Yeah, I learned a ton. I'm so grateful. Um, all my professors are my friends now, which is great. Um, so I've I've learned a ton, but I fell in love with the outdoors and. Yeah. I want to, while I'm still, you know, going to be doing HGTV thing and that just, you know, to make ends meet and doing other client work for, for local clients. Cause you know, got to make money. I really sure. want to get into the outdoor and documentary scene. Mm. What would you tell someone like me who, who's wanting to do that? Who's wanting to, you know, wanting to be the next Jimmy Chen, you know, wants to go and, you know, Free Solo definitely opened up the entertainment industry to the outdoor world like never before. And now we have so much content being produced, especially yeah. with all the streaming options. But what would you tell someone who is, is wanting to get into the entertainment industry, but doesn't want to go the necessarily the, the stereotypical Hollywood route of, you know, being on set, being a PA, doing their yeah. dues there. They maybe don't even want to like me. I am fighting tooth and nail to not have to live in LA. I, I grew up there as a kid there in yeah. vegas I, I don't want to go back uh, yeah, i'll fly yeah. i'll fly there if i have sure. to for a week or two but i'm not going to live there what would you tell someone who doesn't want to go through that system and wants to work in the outdoor industry in the entertainment industry i think i mean because i have like the traditional i put in years and years of learning as like a production assistant and getting to the point where i you know produce or co-produce a show um for direct tv and things like that um I, I personally don't think that there's any fast forward button. Like, I think you have to, like, if you want to do something, make something right. Like that's the fast forward. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a documentarian, make a documentary, you know, and I know that's probably oversimplifying everything, but like people say like, well, how do you get a hundred thousand Instagram followers? It's like, I posted every day for nine years. Yep. (laughs) 
you know, and I went and did, I, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars worth of, you know, travel to create unpaid, which is, you know, kind of, kind of uh, maybe terrible advice to someone that wants to just, you know, I, I just don't think that there's any substitution for actually doing something, you know, mm-hmm. like if you want to do documentary work, you should make a, a short documentary about something and make it beautiful and make it have purpose, you know? And, and if you do one, if you do even just one thing, then you have something to show someone that you're passionate about and that you put your passion into. And that's a, an easier way to sell yourself to anyone, you know, like uh, we could go back to, I mean, I think the best example of this right now in, in the outdoor industry is uh, Elena Osborne. Yes. You know, I, yes. I, um, I became friends with Elena as well, like actually before COVID, um, like kind of even before her film came out, like the day it, maybe like the day it came onto YouTube, I just happened across it and sent her a message and I said, you, your life's like basically about to change because you're so talented. Uh, and it's incredible. I, and so nice. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Have you, have you um, had her on your show? She was our first guest. She was our first guest. Okay. So yeah. So Elena is like, she's special, yep. you know, and, and I, I don't even know if she, she doesn't realize it. A, yeah. She's, she, I mean, I've told her and I've, I've actually, you know, kind of mentioned that if I can help open any doors for her, I'd be happy to, I don't know if I can open any doors in any way, but like she is a special storyteller. And the reason why she's getting notoriety right now is because she went out and did her, she told her story, you know, she made her documentary about her life. She made a documentary documentary about something she was familiar with. And it was very honest and um, very well done. Her storytelling is like well-crafted and because she did that, like really good things are going to happen to her in her life. And, and I'm really like excited for her and root for her all the time. So there is but no yeah. shortcut. There is no shortcut. You have to do the work. Yeah, you have to do the work. I mean, you know, I didn't know how to take a picture probably even after I got my degree. <laughs> yeah, you expect when you get that degree in film school, you have all the film knowledge and you can, you know, frame the perfect shot. But still, it's like, I'm still going on YouTube. Like, how do I do that on Premiere Pro again? Oh, for sure. For sure, man. Every day. I, I learn stuff every single day. I'm trying to learn new things about photo to like make myself better and keep up and just like, you know, what I do know is how to, um, like, there's nothing that intimidates me from a production standpoint in terms of like, Hey, if I get hired to do something and it's going to, the budget's going to cost, like, it's going to be like a hundred thousand dollars. Like that's okay. It's a big number, but let's just like go through the paces and, and do the hundred thousand dollar job, you know? And that means so, it's a budget, you know, not, not, I'm not making a hundred thousand dollars. You're oh, hook, some, hook us up. <laughs> Um, so speaking of outdoor film and I mean, it it is blowing up who out there filmmaker wise, you you mentioned Elena, who's been a huge inspiration for me. And she's just encouraged me. Like she's pretty much told me the same thing. Just go shoot Andy. Just go shoot. Yeah. No, go shoot, go shoot. I'm like, okay. Uh, I don't have the right care. It's like, no, you have a camera, go, you have a phone, go. Um, who else in the, uh, in the outdoor entertainment industry, creators inspire you within the, the film realm of things right now? Well, that's a good question. Um, honestly, like I, 
I, I don't have like a ton of interaction with other creators in the outdoor industry because in all honesty, we're all looking for the same jobs, you know? Um, and it, it, there is a very, there's a, there's a small amount of work for a lot of people that want to be in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I should say a small amount of paid work paid work yeah <laughs> that you can like make a living off off of doing um but you know like like you mentioned before like jimmy chin is probably like the the godfather of the outdoor industry right now he's like the guy that that did it first and then continuing to do it best mm-hmm. um and i know some people who know him and have wonderful things to say about him as a human as well um which makes me feel good you know but uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not too dialed into really caring what other people are out there, really. I just want to, like, do my thing and make my thing as, as good as I can get it. But, I mean, I think that in the YouTube world, there's all sorts of people that are mm-hmm. that are making beautiful stuff. Uh, there's, there's a friend of mine, well, an online friend of mine um, who lives in Boulder, and he's building, like, a great little portfolio for himself. and um, he's getting some great clients. Like, I don't know, he's just doing stuff. Again, it just goes back to just doing it. You know, you have to do it to show it. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. So getting ready to close I have to tell myself that, by the way, <laughs> you know, after 16 years, I have to tell myself like, hey, dude, like you got to go out and make something new as much as you can. Yeah, that's it's this hard tension of, but I'm not ready or I don't have the right stuff, but it's like, I live, I mean, you live in a beautiful area of the country. I live in a beautiful area of the country. You can just go and do it. Just shoot things. You yeah, don't need man. all the right gear and all the right equipment. I mean, I, I used to teach like workshops in LA um, that were based around photographing models and learning how to work with agencies and, 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 you know, um, and the whole kind of like intro to working with, modeling agencies and things like that and basically i i would always people would always bring that up like i don't have the equipment i don't have the money i don't like like if you have an iphone in your pocket right now you can be a creator mm-hmm. you know you can and it doesn't matter the tools like my tools aren't the best tools i'm often in position in a position where i'm not the guy with the best camera in the room even though i'm the guy in charge mm-hmm. you know uh, but I might know how to use that camera better than everybody else. Um, it's really just like it's not having the right equipment for me used to be an excuse. Now it's a challenge. And, and, and I like to, I like to try to do my best with what I have and, and within the budgets that I'm given because budgets are different these days. Yeah. So you kind of yeah. have to be able to do what you can with what you have. And there's incredible technology that's very affordable out there. Um, but you don't need any, you don't need anything special. You really don't just to get, to get started. And I hope that like people that are listening to, if they want to make a trail video like Darwin or, or any of the, you know, creators out there, that they just know that like that tool that they need is in their pocket. Absolutely. So you, you, you have inspired a lot of people with, with your photography, um, and, and the Tuesdays of two and what you're doing in your story. But ultimately, I ask every guest this, how has hiking changed you? Oh, 
That's a, I mean, I think that hiking restored a lot of my faith in, in people, you know, I, and, that, and not that my faith in people had ever truly, you know, altered, but like, I have met so many incredible humans and through this, this hiking industry and being part of like how I was accepted with open arms as someone who really hadn't done anything extraordinary in terms of hiking uh by this and you know i opened with open arms like they embraced me like i i had you know um and i i feel like i feel like if you're a weird person or you feel like an outsider or you've ever felt like man i don't know what world i fit in you might just fit into this hiking world because it is a it is a community of misfits and, you know, weirdos and incredibly kind and generous and outgoing and beautifully strange humans, you know? Um, and I think a lot of hikers would also say that like, it is the people that you meet along the trail that are as special as the trail itself. Um, and, and to me, that's, why I hike and I, I don't even like hiking with people. I like hiking alone, but in the process, the people that you spend your evenings with are a couple of minutes, you know, filling up your water bottles. It, it is this glimpse at humanity when people, you know, in a way that people can get along and be kind to one another and really uh, makes you realize like how grateful you are to be able to spend that kind of time outside with like-minded people. Um, yeah. I mean, I actually like, even get emotional thinking about it. <laughs> it's funny. It's uh, like what a mutual friend of ours film says. It is the people. It is the people. It is the people. Yeah. I don't know. Kind yeah. Of- I mean, she nailed that. I mean, and, and it, it makes total sense. And I don't think I really, I knew it existed and I don't think I really, felt it until I hiked the Camino and those people in a short period of time, you feel like, you know, better than some people that you've known for your entire life. And, and that relationship grows because you might walk with someone for 12 hours a day for like three weeks in a row. (laughs) And there's a lot of time to talk and get to know someone. And there's really like no social barriers, you know, it's like, you doesn't matter what you do for a living or how much money you have in your bank account. It matters the quality of the human being that you are and what, and what you give to that person in that moment and that conversation. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. I mean, half the time I didn't even know what people did until weeks into being with them. And that's kind of awesome. Luke, thank you so much for coming on. I, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and thanks for everything you're doing for the outdoor industry and just being creative and putting amazing stuff out there and just being gracious enough to come on the show um it's been cool that like you said so many in the outdoor community have been so cool to me I'm, you know new to this and you know to have so many of you who are well known in this community come and take time for me it's, it's meant a lot so thank you so much um where can people find you online all that fun stuff Sure. I mean, may, my main kind of gig is the Instagram thing, and that's at Luke Pearsall Photo. Um, that's the big account where 
with all the, the fun stuff that happens. Uh, but I also have at Outdoor Gear Geeks, which is my gear kind of driven account as well, uh, which is also a website. And we try to get fun products out and, and show, you know, things like that. But mainly those are the those are the two. And from there, you can find all the other stuff that sprawls out across social media. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Luke, thank you so much for coming on the Hiker Podcast. And uh, everybody, make sure you follow him on all the various social media networks and check out what he's doing. Andy, I really appreciate it. And I want to be, you know, part of, I want to, like, welcome you into this community as, as much as anyone else has. If you ever need anything, door's always open. Thanks, Luke. I appreciate that. More than you know. Yeah, brother. Talk to you soon. Big thank you to Luke for coming on the show. I do have to admit there was some scheduling issues with me. We're here in Oregon with COVID and everything. We um, how could we had to go back on lockdown again here in Oregon. And so we had a date when lockdown was going to begin. And I was working with a client on some shoots. And they're like, hey, we need to get all these shoots in before um, the lockdown begins. Because then we can't have you on the premises because of COVID restrictions. I'm like, oh, no. So we went and did that. I had full on like. N95 masks on and the shield with the shield and like bathing and hand sanitizer. Um, and I'm having to like direct in a different room with screens and headphones. And it was, it was crazy, but it worked out really well, but I had to cancel him and it was just, uh, it stank, but he is super flexible and awesome. And Luke, I, I mean it when I, I've said this online the other day, he is my new hero. Just creatively. He inspires me. Um, as a hiker, he inspires me. So I'm super just excited that I had a chance to talk to him and hopefully get to know him more here in the future. Everyone make sure you follow him and make sure you go to hikerpodcast.com to uh, find out everything we do. Social media links, all that fun stuff, Facebook, Instagram. And uh, yeah, you probably hear my dog walking in the back. That is my dog, Jack Jack. Hey, Jack Jack. Such a good dog. He's half Australian shepherd, half German shepherd. He's a shepherd shepherd. I like that dog. Anyways, thank you all so much. Uh, the episode did come out a little early this week because of the holiday. I hope you all have a fantastic holiday this weekend. Whatever you're doing, please just make sure you stay safe. Do what you got to do. And with that, thank you for listening to this week's episode. That's my dog, Jack Jack. Of the Hiker Podcast. <laughs>